Good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us today at the Postal Community Baptist Church. Um, our scripture today comes from the book of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, uh, verses 24 to 30, and then 36 to 43. And again, we, we're looking at uh, plant life and uh, how it pertains to the Word of God and how it pertains to uh, our serving uh, uh, God today. But before we go into the Word, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us, Father. I pray you continue to guide and be with each and every one of us, Lord. I pray that you be with the listener, Father. Watch over and guide and be with them. Guide and lead them, Lord, uh, that you uh, give us clarity into your word. Open our eyes and our minds, Lord, that we are receptive to what you have for us today, Father. I ask your blessing upon each and every one of us, Lord. Guide us and lead us, Lord. I ask all these things in your Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray. Lord, let it be. Amen. All right, take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30. Verses 24 to 30. And it reads, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows good seed in a field. But when everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And went away, and when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, did you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? And an enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Then both grow together. Let both grow together until the harvest. At the time, I will tell the harvester, first collect the weeds and tie them up in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And then down to uh, 36. He left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the wheat, weeds in the field. He answered, the one who has sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the son of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them in the is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvester are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom, everything that causes sin, all who do evil, they will be thrown into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father, who has ears. Who, who has ears? Let him hear. Amen. Jesus is continuing to teach his disciples about the word of God. He again is using the parable as, as a teaching tool to make a connection with the disciples. Last week we talked about the ground on which the seed landed, but today we're talking about the field in which the seed was planted and how it was corrupted by the enemy. I will be using also verses 36 and 30 uh, to 43 as the backdrop of the ministry of this lesson. In verses 24 to 30, uh, the good seed is invaded. 
In this parable, the farmer prepped the field by plowing it and getting it ready to, for planting, for the planting season. And the field was ready to be seeded. And the farmer came along and began to plant the seed, and the seed was set in place, and the field was ready to receive its first watering. As the seed was in the ground, an enemy came along and put in the different seed among the wheat, which he put in the weed, the weed that was there. And this plant is called darnel, and it looks exactly like wheat as it begins to grow. The plant grows in the same manner, and the stalk takes the exact look of the wheat. So it is very difficult to distinguish between the two until it is too late. This is what happened here. The darnel was purposely thrown into the field by the farmer's enemy. By the time it was discovered, it was too late to take the wheat out of the field. What does all this mean? And why did Jesus tell this to his disciples? What point was he trying to make to them? What Jesus was doing was letting his disciples know they need to be alert and to keep their eyes and ears open to false teachers within the ministry. You see, there are a lot of good actors when it comes to religion. We know how to put on a good show for others. And I should be, and I should know I was one of them. I could act like no one's business, and I did it for a long time. I went to church on Sunday. I got up, combed my hair, got all shined up, and I looked the part. I looked the part of a Christian person. I guess in my own mind there was a certain image that a Christian took on, I guess, and I looked that part. But inside it was like Jesus said, I was a dead man. I was a whitewashed tomb. Looked good on the outside, but inside was full of dead bones. I went to church, did all of that. God and Jesus, if you looked inside of me, could not be found. There was no existence of God's word within my life. There was no existence of Jesus Christ within my life. Although I looked the part and could act the part, there was no existence of that Found. The word of God was absent. But praise the Lord. Praise God. I met him one day. I met him when I told him I was done pretending. I met him when I told him I was done playing the part. When I was done being a false witness for him. That I was done with church. And God presented himself to me. And I was taken back. My life was, was shaken up. Everything that I thought I knew was thrown by the wayside. Thrown away. Giving me a new vision. Giving me a new look as to what I was to be doing. And it's totally that way today. If it will happen with me, I'm pretty sure it's happening with someone else. And what Jesus is talking about here, there are a couple things we're going to look at. And we're going to look mainly at the church. That within the church there are those members in the church today that are false members. Paul knew it. Paul knew they were there. Paul knew those were the ones that were going after him. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 26, it says this, I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from the, my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from 
false brothers. Within the church, there will be men and women who profess to be brothers and sisters in Christ, but they will not, not know who Christ is. There will be no existence of God's word within them. There'll be no existence of the gospel message of Jesus Christ in them. And there'll be within existence inside of them a dead heart, a darkened heart. They will lead others astray. They will speak on things that have nothing to do with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. They will speak of outside things and bringing them in. They will speak of outside things and bringing them into the church. Talking about governments. Talking about tribal governments. Talking about gossip. Talking about slander. All those things will be brought in. We think that bringing stuff in would be th uh, things like idols or anything. They'll bring their own tongue. They'll bring their own word. In the book of Galatians, it tells how a, a person who is not led by the Spirit conducts themselves. They are a jealous people. They are jealous of others within the church. They are jealous of others that they look upon in the church. They bring discord to the church. They bring a separation to the church. They split brothers and sisters, pinning them one against the other. They have a self-ambition or a self-promotion within the church. They want this seat or that seat, and they want to go the, uh, be uh, on this committee or that committee. And this is not the characteristics of a person being led by the Spirit of God. This is not the, the characteristic of those who want to serve God. Love, joy, patience, kindness, these things are, are the evidence of God existing in their life. These things are evident within a person who follows Jesus Christ. Not these other things which I just mentioned. And so Paul mentions this in the book of Galatians when he talks about the, the, the spirit, the spirits within us, the fruit of the spirit. What is shown, what has ripened within our lives that we show others. If it's jealousy, discord, uh, self-ambition, those are not of God. Those are not of Jesus Christ. Those lead others away. And there are those people within the church. And Paul also knew there were heretics who stepped behind the pulpit and preached something other than Christ crucified. And this is the most dangerous thing, my brothers and sisters. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 9. Paul says this, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, someone, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to prevent the gospel of Christ. But even if we, we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned, as we have already said, and so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. And you see, Paul knew that there would be brothers that stepped behind the pulpit or so-called uh, pastors, so-called preachers to step behind the pulpit and give you something other than who Jesus Christ truly is, who Jesus Christ came to be who Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again, and is seated at the right hand of God. 
There are those in the pulpit who preach in a manner that there is no gospel at all. There are false teachers who deliberately God's, lead God's people astray. This is where you need to, my brothers and sisters, or men and women of Christ, is to know your Bible. Know the Word of God. For one, the pulpit is a dangerous place. The pulpit is a mighty place. Think about how many people are influenced by the man behind the pulpit. We have people that flock to churches just to hear a pastor speak, or they go to big sporting venues, arenas, coliseums, uh, uh, whatever it may be, all these big venues to hear a minister speak. You better make sure they are a man of God. Because if they are not, you will be led away from God. Amen. If in my teaching, I tell you something that is counter to the gospel message, and because you don't read your Bible or know your Bible, or you are Bible illiterate, you are in trouble, my brothers and sisters. That is why it is our responsibility to read the Word of God so that we may discern between the good seed and the bad seed, that we may know that we are hearing the Word of God, that we are not given some other worldly uh, thought, some worldly uh, word that has come to someone. John tells us in John 1 John, Four, chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You see, John lays it up that it is our responsibility, it is our responsibility to test what is being preached, to test what we hear in the church, to test those around us. Now, that doesn't mean, well, uh, I know so-and-so is not a believer because they do this and this and this. No, no, that's not what it says. That's not what it's saying. To test it, which means to see if it stands up. And if it doesn't stand up, then you know you better stay away from it. You know you better not uh, go near it. And so that's what he's saying. He's not saying to go home and start uh, tearing everyone down because they don't Live up to your standard, but uh, pair it up, stand it up to what God's word says. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 and 3 says this. Brothers, my heart desires and prays to God for the Israelite is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. But their zeal is not based on knowledge, since they do not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. And so we can see that when false teachers come in, false prophets come in, they tell you how to get to God. They tell you how you can go to God. And what Paul is saying in these verses is there are those false teachers that tell you there are many ways to God. There are many ways to get to God. Righteousness is not only by way of Jesus Christ, but by other means as well. 
They're going to tell you that your righteousness before God does not come by Jesus Christ. You don't worry about Jesus Christ just yet. Your, your good works will get you to heaven. Your good deeds will get you to heaven. How good of a person you are will get you to heaven. And you will eventually find God. That is wrong. That is wrong. Someone once said there, there's one road to heaven and a million roads that lead to hell. And there are no roads leading out. There is only one way to righteousness before God, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 3, verse 22 says this, The righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Amen. That is the only way. That is the narrow way. There is one way to God. There are not a million ways to God. One, and that is his son, Jesus Christ. Your faith in Jesus Christ. If you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, there's no way you can find God. There's no way you can go to God. It is only through faith in Jesus Christ that you find God. You cannot have one without the other. It's Jesus, God. Amen. Jesus will lead you into God. Jesus, your faith in Jesus Christ will lead you to God. Praise the Lord. So as we sit back and we look at this, we sit back and we see these verses. We see what God has for us. We see what the word of God. The church was established by God to lead others to Christ. But where there is Christ, there will also be imposters that try to make their way among the true believers. That make their steps into the church. That find their seat in the pews of the church. They do nothing more than try to bring believers down. They get entangled so much so that there's no way of, of sorting them out. Has Satan come into the church? You bet he has. You bet Satan has come into the church. If you look at TV, if you look at uh, all these ministers on, on, on TV, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, if you look into what they're saying, it's something other than the gospel message of Jesus Christ. But how will you know? How will you know? How will you discern? I challenge you to keep in God's word. To be alert. To make sure you are standing your ground. First Peter chapter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, re to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the flesh, in the, in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are going, going through the same kind of suffering. Amen. We have to be alert, brothers and sisters, even in the church. Even in the church, we have to ha be alert. Test what is being said. Put it up against the Bible. Put it up against the word of God. Keep your anchor in Christ. Sow the good seed, my brothers and sisters. Sow the good seed of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Sow that to others. Plant that to others. Give that to others. Make sure they are hearing the gospel message. Make sure they are hearing what Jesus Christ, what the Spirit has laid on your heart to give them. Amen.
And as we go about and as we look and as we walk every day in our lives to be alert, to know the difference, to understand the word of God. And I challenge you to keep in the word, to keep reading your Bible, keep asking questions, keep seeking from God what his answers are for you on a daily basis. Amen. Because Satan has planted his seed right alongside you. Be alert, my brothers and sisters. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you once again for this day that you have given us. I pray you continue to guide and lead each and every one of us, Lord. I pray your hand be upon the listener, Lord. Watch over and guide and be with them, Lord, that they would have a discerning mind, Lord. Only one that comes by your word. Only one that comes by the testing of your word, Father. Guide and lead each and every one of us, Father. Guide and be with us, Lord. Continue your hand upon us, Lord. Guide and be with the listener, Father. I pray your hand be upon the Post and Community Baptist Church, Father, that we would be a light for you in this community, Father, a reflection, Father, of who you are. Guide and lead each and every one of us, Lord, this day. I ask all these things. In your Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray, Lord, let it be. Amen. May the Lord bless you today. Go in peace. You are dismissed. Amen.